Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle. Spirit in the Schools. Welcome back, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools. I'm your host, Zach Coyle, principal of St. Vincent de Paul in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Very excited for our show today, talking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, today especially patience. And for us as parents, how can we grow our virtue of patience by learning to pursue excellence? We have two fantastic guests with us who are going to help talk about how they've lived that. From one of our fellow Catholic schools in the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, I'm thrilled to introduce Mike McLean, Principal. Welcome, Mike. Thank you very much, Zach. I appreciate you asking uh, me to be here. We are thrilled to have you on. And first grade teacher, Brenda Klein. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you, Zach. Happy to be here. We are thrilled that you're here. Thanks so much. So one of the ways we like to begin the show is just to ask the Lord's grace to be with us. So we'll pause for a moment of prayer, and then we'll hop right into patience and excellence. In the name of the the Father, and the Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we thank you, and we praise you for the gift of your Holy Spirit with us in Catholic education, with us in our families. Today, as we invite you to open our hearts to learn more about your fruit, Lord, the fruit of patience, as we see it in excellence, we ask that you would bless not only Sacred Hearts, who's here with us today, all Catholic schools, all Catholic families, help us indeed to be temples of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're, we're back with our guests. And so for a listener, uh, they may not know too much about our diocese because we're, we're blessed uh, that this can be accessed nationally, and we thank God for that technology. So we get to hear a little bit about your school. Mike, I'll start with you since we've had the relationship together as fellow principals in our diocese. Tell us your role, how long you've been at Sacred Heart, and something you love about your school community. Yeah, so uh, again, my name is Mike McLean. I'm the principal at Sacred Heart School. I've been the principal for three years now. Uh, Sacred Heart Warsaw is located in the central part of our diocese. Uh, we're blessed to get to host a lot of a lot of principals meetings and diocesan level meetings, just because it is a central point. And uh, you know, besides just getting to be the principal of a wonderful school and getting to see uh, wonderful teachers every day, we have a wonderful teaching staff uh, at Sacred Heart. I can already tell that in meeting Brenda. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. But uh, it's also a blessing because I do get to work uh, with so many folks from different areas of the diocese. And by hosting it, I get to interact with them a little more. So just have just, man, just how many great uh, teachers and staff members and administrators there are in our diocese. It's just There's a some beautiful very cool examples of, of discipleship. Absolutely. And I know both of you really are. So Brenda, share with our listeners your role at Sacred Heart. Well, thank you. I'm Brenda Klein, and I am the first grade teacher at Sacred Heart. This is my second year at Sacred Heart, but it is awesome. my 22nd year in the diocese. <laughs> so I've been to many schools. Um, I love Sacred Heart. It is great. I had the advantage of coming and visiting there early on in my career um, just to observe the school and, and sure. visit with people and notice how great, what a community Sacred Heart has between the teachers, the students, and the parishioners there. So it was great to see that, and I was very happy for the opportunity when it opened up for me to come in and teach. So. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. Well, that community is something we'll talk about for our listeners here in just a minute about this real commitment to excellence and how that helps lead us in a path of patience for growth in the school. So we'll get to that in just a minute, mm-hmm. which is great. But Brenda, it's wonderful to hear about your excitement there. And for a listener that does not know anything about our diocese, we have this beautiful annual tradition where the schools in our diocese, through the generosity of some phenomenal donors who support this, 
gets to recognize one teacher from every school each year. And so, Brenda, you have just won today. I, I know you yes. found out earlier, but Christ the Teacher Award. So congratulations. Thank you. I think the award is truly modeled on our roles as disciples of our Lord and Absolutely. modeling that for our students. So thank you for doing that. It's thank really a, a beautiful gift. That's awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit about excellence at Sacred Heart and what we might as a parent do from that to grow in our patience. But I always want to remind the listeners, we're in our first episodes, a little bit about how we're seeing that. So one of the things that we as Catholics sometimes miss when we look for God, we know that God is in the church. We know he's in the sacraments. We know he's in scripture. We know he's in prayer. Some in our faith will really affirm, you know, that mountaintop experience. We know he's in nature. If you've ever been hiking or if you've been at the beach or just a beautiful lake or whatever it might be, you see God there. But a lot of times people might miss that God is in our lived experience. And our church really takes that further with the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so I always share this definition. They are the observable behaviors of people who have allowed the grace of the Holy Spirit to be effective in them. And I, I cherish that our church tells us plainly, hey, so if you're looking for God, you can just watch people who are, who are really trying to be <laughs> disciples. You can observe their behaviors and there you go, right? There's the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. And so we get to do that, you know, in our, in our ministry. So today we're going to really focus on that for patients. So let's, let's dive right into that. So uh, recently I've been able to talk to Mike about just some real energy at Sacred Heart on the campus about trying to grow the school. So I think we're currently, you all have been K to six for, since the school's inception? Yeah, pre-K pre -K to six. Pre-K, excuse yep. me. Sorry about yep. that. Um, and now, you know, there's just a, a lot of energy uh, on the school side and not, not only just from this on the school side, but also, uh, on the parish side of growing it, uh, on up to seventh and eighth grade, which, um, you know, would just be awesome. And, and the fact that that, that that energy is coming not only from just the school side, but also on the, on the parish side, um, is just, just having watched that just in the last three years has just been phenomenal. So, Mike, I'm not sure if right now you're in, or Brenda, you might be as well in any active conversations on it. And, and it might be at the moment that it's inactive. But so for a national listener, if, you know, again, if you don't know this immediate area, there are a lot of Catholic schools in this situation that they might be the only Catholic school in a city. And so a parent might have a difficult decision when they get to the grade where the school would end. You know, what's my pathway for my continued version or vision, excuse me, of Catholic education. And so growing up for seventh and eighth grade fulfills that vision for Warsaw. And, and I think this is where a parent might really think about, wow, well, where's that energy connecting? There's even hopes that even though it would be about, you know, a 45 minute to an hour drive of connecting some of your students with a bus, with a van, however that might look, to one of the Catholic high schools that would be closest, Bishop Dwenger. So tell me a little bit more. Is there, are there active conversations now? Is it not quite in that phase? Walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, so um, it actually stemmed from like a from a from a parent at Catholic Schools Week who said who kind of walked up to me uh, after I'd kind of given a state of the schools kind of thing to uh, to the parish. And way to go for doing that, by the way. Yeah, it's an awesome practice. Yeah, Absolutely. no, it's Great. it's it's fun to talk about our school. And um, she she asked, so what about the seventh and eighth grade? And it it caught me a little. You know, I mean, I was still new. I mean, I was. I don't know, four months on the job. And, uh, and so it caught me a little bit off guard, but, um, you, you just really started, it changed the way that I looked at things in our school, like thinking that there might be some opportunity there. There right. might be, there might be a gap there that, that we could, 
um, you know, that we could grow. And uh, yeah, so ever, so ever since then, uh, it's just been continuing like, you know, just a few building blocks at a time. Sure. And uh, just, just a lot of conversation between, between, between different stakeholders, but then also starting to have conversations with, uh, you know, Jason Shifley, the principal at Bishop Dwanger High School, um, other elementary school principals who had some of whom have gone from sixth grade and then added seventh and eighth grade. Right. right. Um, and yeah, so where we're at right now is, uh, you know, we've got a group on the parish side that is kind of looking at our facility, going through some studies, doing some conducting some needs assessments. Sure. Um, because, you know, there's besides just the programming and getting the kids and and figuring out some logistical pieces like you do need the facility for yeah really to do trying to map out grade. the cost then and actually do that expansion right that'd be great right and remind me are you uh, for each grade do you have one class or is it two classes we are one section although next year uh, we've seen um coming out of the pandemic we've actually seen a rise in our That's fantastic uh, That's in great. our population and so we will have two sections in third grade next year Great. Um, so there is some opportunity for for some more room there. Yeah. But even mapping out how to add two classrooms is quite an expense. So being very thoughtful, and intentional about that. Exactly. Yeah, and you want to be excellent with it too. So so if we're going to add, I mean, you could look at it and just say, well, we need to add a, a seventh grade and an eighth grade. But uh, my background is in uh, seven through twelve education. Sure. And so you know I've got that perspective of what the facility needs are. When you're looking to add, like, like we do need, we need to need to consider like our athletic spaces. We need to consider our fine art spaces and, you know, just how much sharing um, and how much capacity uh, you need to add to do it excellently. And that's where I think patience really comes in because it, it's obviously been a multi-year process to really ask for the Lord's will and grace, mm-hmm. to be present to those meetings, to the intentionality of, well, is our gym large enough to host two other sections and work that out on the schedule and so forth. But Brenda, one of the things I wanted to to ask you about when when I was ch- chatting with Mike about what this looked like, and you know, hearing Mike, your excitement was really a joy. Uh, one of the things Mike shared with me is that this all really is a drive because the parents see the excellence of the school. And Brenda, you, your intro seems to say the same thing, right? That you've Absolutely. visited the school years back and had wanted to be there. So mm-hmm. for you as a teacher there now, two years you said at Sacred Heart, right? Correct. What are some ways that you've been able to live that out in your colleagues? Some things maybe you admire in your colleagues. How are you seeing excellence lived out in the teaching staff? Well, one of the ways I see that is we have the virtue program, virtue equals strength. Yes. And so seeing seeing the teachers implement that, seeing that put through the students and their activities and and that way, I that's excellence there. I've Good. watched um like our second grade teacher, she's done some very interesting writing with the kids, her persuasive writing. Okay. She had them write she took all their desks away, I believe, or was it the chairs? The chairs see, went on strike. We've got to walk so this out. So the chairs went on strike, so okay. they had to write a persuasive essay on how to get the chairs to come back that's to the fantastic. classroom. That's, but they had to do it from the floor. We're standing yes. up. Yes. Oh, I don't—I wasn't way, in the classroom. Yeah, I just saw great. all the chairs gone. So okay. I love <laughs> that it. That was great. Um, seeing the writing and other things in the hallway, plus our art and our music programs and our tech program— Right. All of that is just another way of tying in all that excellence and then always putting it back towards the faith. I really think there's something there that, you know, if we don't have this deep drive to be excellent for our students and for our families, mm-hmm. then 
then how are we actually going to to be patient for anything? You know, when, when we have an end goal of an excellent final product, which we don't think of our, you know, our children graduate as not a product, but like before the Lord, we, we desire excellence. But in this case, we actually have a product to think about, a seventh and an eighth grade classroom and fitting that into the schedule. For a school to rush into that, you know, without really intentional thought, probably will not benefit the community in the permanent long run the way it's meant to, right? So I would love to hear more of your practices about modeling for the students' excellence because the second grade thing sounds really fun. It was very cool. I mean, I have to take this back to my own school. All right, guys, no more chairs for the week, you know? Um, I think there could be actually one of the beautiful gifts in Catholic education is that I think so many of our teachers say, sure, we're on board. Mm-hmm. If you give me a credible reason and it's going to make our kids have more fun, we're, we're with you, we're on right? on board, exactly. Have you had something in, in your teaching these last years or, or from a previous school too, but especially here at Sacred Heart, where you have seen that, where you've seen a student really respond and, and show his or her excellence at, at that level? Well, just recently I had – I. It was an idea that I've had for several years, and COVID never let me develop it. But I had a reading, writing restaurant with the first graders because oh, I've always nice. thought, you know, we're not kindergarten. We don't have the kindergarten graduation right. at the end for the parents. We're not, you know, second yes. grade doing sacraments, you know, sacraments right. and we're not right. graduating at the end of the year. So, but I wanted to show the parents how much growth really comes with first grade. Sure. So we had this reading, writing restaurant, and Mike so generously was my mater d. So everyone, Way to go, Mike. <laughs> I love this. This absolutely shows patience as well as the growth of the students because the parents signed up for a time to come. They right. were seated at a table. Okay. Um, and their children went to the back into the kitchen area and they were the chefs. Oh, that's but so what they, fun. What they gave them was the first thing they brought out was their appetizer, which was two books that they had written in class. So we did writing along with reading. So they brought them their books that wow. they got to enjoy. I'm already wanting to, to call you in to consult and borrow that for, for our school, too. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. And then they came back out after they gave them the appetizers. They brought their books, three books that they could read all by themselves without any help. Great. And the parents got to choose which two they wanted to hear them read. Sure. And, you know, some had very long books. So the parents showed patience. The students showed patience. Yes. And so then they read those. And then when they were done, um, they came back out, they went back to the kitchen and came back out with a dessert, which was a poem that they wrote. Oh, So nice. they shared that as well. Um, and then it was nice because they all got their little um, receipt for their bill, I should say their I bill. I mean, this is <laughs> as creative as it gets. This is <laughs> And fun. the parents had to write down their tip was just, you know, just a comment back to their child oh, on how I they did. It. So I love it. So did you have a, a particular dress? Were you like in a tux as Mater D? I don't uh, know. I was black suit, black tie. <laughs> and, uh, That's great. You know, and so I'm, I'm standing at the door behind uh, behind a little podium. And so I'm seating mm-hmm. people and everything like that. And then there were a couple of parents, though, that I had to chase down about the bill. And so they would walk <laughs> by me, you know, because on this bill was the was a tip, you know, right. a little positive mm-hmm. encouragement yes, thing. Wonderfully, perfect. wonderfully done. Uh, and, uh, so anyways, I would say, um, excuse me, but there is the uncomfortable matter of the bill (laughs) and and they would just start laughing and it was just, uh, you know, again, that, that excellent, that excellence was the kids were, um, the kids were, uh, sort of on display there, their excellence and their commitment to it was on display. And it's the same way with the, with the virtue equal strength program. Like that's, those are our students. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's the evidence of excellence. And, you know, whether they're going to behave virtuously or they're going to write their poems and um, all of that, like that is where that is where we see the fruits of our labors. And that Amen. is our evidence of, of excellence. Absolutely. So for the reading restaurant, I love the name, by the way. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. That is really fun. So I'm, I'm envisioning this. And so we're talking about excellence. So, 
you know, for a parent that may have a very young child and, and not yet reach the first grade, actually, my oldest son is a first grader. Wonderful. Yeah, it's really fun. There's, you know, so he's throughout kindergarten, obviously gaining a great deal of literacy and mm-hmm. his ability to read beginning. And so words and sentences and so forth. But there's something pretty amazing that happens, I think, in many first grade, you know, mm-hmm. by age, but really by the work we have for excellence, where literacy has a much deeper context. Absolutely. And so he's been able to read, you know, books, right? And so as that happens, there's this real joy for me in hearing my son read. And I have to think about what you've done for your parents as you've modeled for them. Your student has worked patiently for a full year because mm-hmm. this was a fairly recent event. So we're at the end of Correct. the school year, right? So they've worked very patiently for a full year and a year that was not without challenges throughout the nation, right? Because this is Correct. still a year when COVID regulations were, were in effect for a, a good portion of the year. But they've worked at it with tenacity. And so they had an end goal in mind. And, and I think that's one of the, the major ways I, I see the Holy Spirit's presence in what you're sharing, mm-hmm. that there was something to pursue for which we needed to practice patience. And I think sometimes, you know, we, we might as adults, oh, Lord, I need patience for, and whatever the frustration is. But I think there's a real strength there that like our children model this because there's an end goal in mind of excellence. And so these parents, you know, got to hear their children read to them. Oh, yeah. What a beautiful – and the poems, if I heard you correct, the children wrote the poem, wrote, right? Yes, they wrote okay. the poem. Yes, awesome. we did a poetry week and then okay. they wrote – they chose a poem to write as their dessert for their parents. Great. And Was there a certain style that you were looking for in the we poetry? We gave them – I gave them choice. Okay. They had, you know, multiple different choices of great. poetry that they could sure. do. A lot of them like the rhythm poem. So oh, yeah. that's fun. That's that great. great for a first grade. <laughs> it can be great for an Absolutely. adult, right? And they and, you know, another way in patience is, you know, these books that we wrote, we wrote them, you know, one earlier in the year, one later in the year. And they all went, when do we get to take them home? When do we get, well, we still have to, you know, we have one more thing, our writing restaurant, reading, writing. When is that? It'll be coming. So they had to live patience. Yes, they had to live patience for a while. Isn't that interesting that, so you've just talked about it, Brenda, for the students. I look back at my own life, I think for a lot of us. What are the, like, if we think about a tangible thing or an accomplishment we have that we remember as something important, something that mattered or that we're proud of, it usually took a great deal of time and effort to, to mm-hmm. get to that thing. And that's why it had value. So it's, again, that idea of pausing, being deeply committed to an excellent outcome, and therefore patience arises from that. And so there's God, right? There's that observable behavior. So here, first graders wanting to be ready in February or March or even earlier, right? Or had earlier, to be patient, yes. you know? And they were, though. And and mm-hmm. it sounds like the event was truly uh, just filled with joy, which is yet another way to see the Lord in action. So that's that's fantastic. So thinking a little bit about that, that clearly must have motivated, Mike, I think some of your school board and parents and parishioners to say, we love what's happening in our school, and we really are not ready for that to end at sixth grade. you know. And so I think there's this beautiful gift that comes from excellence from something like your reading restaurant mm-hmm. that's motivating that desire. So do you do you have a sense? I mean, obviously at this moment, it's not to um, perhaps put the school community in a spot. I mean, we have to invite the Lord's grace. But in a perfect world, do you have a, a certain year from now in which there would exist a seventh grade class? Uh, I think what is, what is doable and um, long story short, I think I think that three years is a reasonable timeline for where we're at now, uh, right. with the Great. energy that we have and the plans that we have in place, and just with the um, with the with the partnership between the church and the school, be working together on this. 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I just really think that it is, that it is a possibility to make, to, for it to be a reality here in about three years. That's pretty exciting to think yeah. about. That's very exciting. You know, to know that somebody who's coming to the school now, perhaps for kindergarten or first grade, and certainly could be an older grade if, if the Lord allows you to meet that, uh, but that they would then know seventh grade would be open to them and then eighth grade beyond. And you mentioned, you know, again, working with Bishop Dwanger, there might be a way through a van or a bus to make a Catholic high school accessible, which is another joy. And and there again, I think somebody listening nationally, and I've seen this, I'm originally from Baltimore, and so I would see, you know, outlying areas mm-hmm. have just that one school. And so what would happen with high school? Well, you know, the families are the first, first teachers of the Correct. faith. So the child is ready and, and they go on to the public high school. But to have a pathway for a family deeply desiring a Catholic education mm-hmm. That's pretty incredible. So may the Lord bless you in these three years. That's that's really great to hear. Indeed. I mean, I just there's just a lot of opportunity that uh, there for not not only just just folks in Warsaw because we've got uh, we've got a whole corridor there of you know good and a diverse uh, Catholic communities. Um, that would literally you know, be in route to the high school, right? Right, right. 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 St. Francis Xavier in Pearson, uh, St. Paul of the Cross in Columbia City. I, you know, we can just really, and also Our Lady of Guadalupe in Warsaw mm-hmm. as well. So we've got, you know, two two parishes there in Warsaw. It. I just really think that, uh, you know, one, um, you know, once we start to continue to capitalize on this energy. And again, you said it well, Zach. I mean, if 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 it is God's will, then, then I it will have be done. no doubt that it will be <laughs> no, done. Correct. You know? So well, I love that three years is a very Trinitarian number. So that's you're, you're ready. You're in <laughs> the Trinity, true. right? That's great. Well let me let me pause there for one moment because I think, you know, nationally the scene for Catholic education has been troubled in, in the last decades and, and that we have declining enrollment. You know, and now there's many examples, though, of a certain area, a certain parish, a certain town, an entire certain diocese changing that course. And that's one thing that I think is so cool about Sacred Heart right now, because you're really seeing some enrollment growth. Where can we take that? How can we serve? So where is that growth coming from? And Mike, you know, talking ahead of time, you are seeing that that what's attracting your families to the school is the excellence we've talked about so, Mike, I just want to pick your brain for one other minute, because, again, for a parent listening and they're in another part of the nation, you know, I, w- I want my child, like for me, truly as a parent, like I want my children to practice patience. I want them to learn that. And so this is such a great way to think about grace. So, so if I'm going to do that, I need to find a way for them to encounter excellence, to have role models who are practicing excellence. And, and like you did with the Reading Restaurant, mm-hmm. Brenda, to really model for them a goal that they can reach for, right? So, Mike, are you seeing, like, does something else spring to Of course, you're going to see other examples, like one of your other teachers or Brenda, if you have an, another example. I just think it's great for parents to hear reading restaurants sounds cool. And I definitely want to see about getting the chairs back, right? So, they're oh, out, yes. <laughs> were they out in the, like, in the hallway? Is that where they were? Or? They were behind a yellow tape in the corner of a room. Okay, great. So, they, so they were really like mm-hmm. cordoned off here, yes, right? Absolutely. <laughs> the strike. And if you can't write well enough to get them back, you're not getting You're not it back. getting your chair back. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, they had, great. they had gone on strike because they were not exhibiting virtuous behavior towards oh. their chairs. Oh, yeah. And so the okay. chairs were on strike in the classroom. So it was front and center for them, like just a constant reminder for the kids, like, hey, this is this is the fruits of, you know, 
non-virtuous behavior I think or that's beautiful or actually. whatever what so, very tangible and we need that we all need that as adults but young children especially need something very tangible right very much well and you've talked actually that's a great tie-in for so vir- virtue equals strength is one of the signs you've talked about for excellence i think there's a lot of people in our nation that won't know that program so here you've you've now as, as a listener heard of one very tangible application of it I am familiar with it. We, we've had it at St. Vincent. So, so walk us through how you all are using it and what it means for, for your community. Yeah, so uh, the program was actually introduced to us uh, by the diocese, I don't know, a couple of years ago? A few years back, now. I think, yes. Um, and, you know, what, what drew me to the program was that it, it focused on, uh, on individual students and having them grow in in the cardinal virtues right. and then related strengths with that virtue so it was it was a system and it was a program but the, it wasn't necessarily really prescriptive in its application because you're talking about you know individual students growing in these and then right. applying them in different ways in their lives and so um Brenda, is there content and I'm not sure so I, I we see some content that works more for the older grades a little bit and that you need a slightly more developed literacy level. But there are some slides that our teachers are starting to pull into religion classes. Mm-hmm. We also use it as a sports program. So our coaches really use this with the students, right? That's another reason why I like it so much is it's not just in the classroom. Yes. It goes, it expands outside that. Good. Do you do you know offhand, do you have coaches who are using it for Sacred Heart? We haven't, we have been focusing on it uh, for, school. for the school, okay. for the school level, because a lot of our coaches are, are lay coaches, their parents. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've really focused on this, on the, on the school side of things. Okay. Well, for the virtue, one of the things I think is really interesting is that there's a theme for the month, but there's a virtue each week. Mm-hmm. And there's a real effort to be tangible for young children about what does this look like. And the chair story just is perfect for that, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't been virtuous to the chairs. They're gone now. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to become persuasive writers and win them back. I, I just think that's fantastic. Have you, I mean, two activities I've heard. Can I ask, is there another one that comes to mind for either of you as you've listened to your colleagues? Because it sounds really fun. Well, for me, we just went on a field trip to the zoo. And part of that was they had to look for these virtues and they had to tell me afterwards, what virtues did you have to use while you were here at the zoo? Great. And we really haven't discussed too much about what virtues did you see not used by others. And so um, I've done that before with students. And it's interesting to hear what they notice and what yes. they use. And that, I think, just makes it all worth it because they see that it's not just here at school. It's right. outside in everyday life. And right. something, if everybody used this, how much easier it would be. Well, that's a beautiful thing to hear because, you know, I think for us as parents, we obviously want our children to be virtuous. But mm-hmm. when we know, like, for, for a family deeply committed to the Lord, you know, genuine, living, authentic discipleship, there are so many examples in our in our broken society where there's not that virtue. So that's a really great question to bring to the children too. What zoo did you all go to? We went to the Fort Wayne Children's Zoo. Okay. All right. Great. So I think there can even be a question for somebody else in another city like, okay, so we're driving to school and somebody cuts us off. That mm-hmm. That's part of human life, right? Well, so why is this not that virtue and how are we called, right, not to cut them off again and get around them? And what, you know, We are called to live with patience, right? That's Correct. just one other application. But- Really great that they had to actually document how they were seeing yes. a virtue, you know, a virtuous behavior. That's and patience great. was a big one. 
when we see Amen. that, I mean, yeah. this was on a field trip at the zoo, but I mean, I've also seen uh, teachers take it and they have, you know, if they're, if they're lining up to go to another area in the school, they might be going to PE class or something like that. And then they're lining up to go back. They, they will sometimes have sort of like a secret shopper. Mm-hmm. So someone okay. who is in the class that is kind of monitoring what's going on and uh, they will identify uh, you know, whether it's the virtue of the week or, or it could be one of the ones, you know, from another time of the year or right. whatever. Right. Um, and then that student receives, um, it's called a Viking virtue, but it's our PBIS, our positive behavior program. Um, and so they'll identify a student who is behaving virtuously and then they'll tell the teacher, the teacher then presents them with a little coupon oh, that they can great. put in for the drawing. But we and that positive behavior system has been at Sacred Heart. I mean, before either oh. one of us were there. Mm-hmm. I am um, very blessed to have inherited that at St. Vincent's as well. Yeah. I'd studied PBIS before, but the Catholic schools I've been in previous just hadn't developed it yet. Uh, what a cool program. It's great mm-hmm. knowing that we're colleagues in that. I, I hadn't actually realized that until now. It's, yeah. a, it's an amazing program. And then and now they've kind of adapted that, the PBIS program, to include the virtue program. So, like, um, teachers, when they're, when they're presenting those those coupons for the positive behavior, they're very specific about the positive behavior and they're giving it to them based on the virtues that the kids are exhibiting. We have just started conversations there. So for a listener that's never heard of PBIS, this to me is such a powerful example of God being in lived experience. So PBIS grew out of our secular schools, our public schools, and it wasn't a particularly Christian worldview, but it stands for positive behavior, intervention, and support. Mm -hmm. And so when you learn about it, the whole goal of the program is to take for every child some type of incentive to motivate positive behavior and then reward it, right? So they, there can be a coupon or, you know, like we have these Panther bucks our students can earn, which is pretty okay. cool, but it's the same concept, right? So you identify these virtues that you want them to live by. And right. so we're trying to get more intentional actually right now about, you know, using specifically Catholic language there. Mm-hmm. But when they're doing it, you get to reward them for it. And then it actually motivates the kids by them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Johnny just got that. I want that, you know. Well, I have to act more virtuously, right? Right. That's so great that you have this. So, so for a parent at home, you know, I think uh, hearing about that, this grew out of schools having a need to motivate children, and God was in that, right? So mm-hmm. it wasn't that it, it needed to come out of a church or was a specifically Christian or Catholic thing, but but it absolutely is just rich and infused, mm-hmm. clearly with with love. Right. So that positive energy is really what we're about in education. Great. Right. Well, so, you know, as, as we're going to come to a close, you know, I want to think a little bit more about that, that growth that you're working on. Mm-hmm. So seventh and eighth grade, God willing, within three years. And, and I just think it's a really exciting thing for somebody in your area listening about, wow, we really might get to a point where we have a van, a bus, whatever, but hitting some of our towns in between and opening up for people who have never had it, a high school, a Catholic high school education. And, and in our nation right now, it's often the other direction. You know, this school couldn't make it. The diocese had to close this school. And it's, right. uh, we've been very blessed, you know, Indiana, uh, which, of course, my guests here know very well. But to have the voucher program that we do right. certainly supports parent choice in our state. So there's a lot of blessings there. But around the nation, it's really been a struggle. Absolutely. So seeing that growth, I think one of the ways we like to end is just to celebrate that goodness and and to invite a response. So if somebody's listening from the general region, you know, of Northeast Indiana, I think one response has to be that they check out Sacred Heart Warsaw and, and go online and go to your website, Absolutely. right? Would you share for, for a listener, if they're in that area, what your website is? Yeah, it's shswarsaw.org. So that's an easy first step, right? 
But I think for a parent at home, so we've we've been trying to tie this back. So um, you might live in a different part of the nation. A 12-hour commute's not going to work, right? Or longer. So <laughs> can make it work. Yeah. Hey, why not? <laughs> I love it. Um, but really thinking about developing the fruit of the Holy Spirit of patience, right? So so this idea of excellence. So, you know, what might a listener do? And I, I was just going to ask you both if there's something in the summer that you recommend or ask your students to do, because I think our parents sometimes come to me and ask, you know, summer is shorter than when many of us were children, um, but it still is a two-month or longer period of time. And, you know, what might I do to, to keep my child active, you know, and engaged? And I always talk to them about, well, one thing that's really core of that is praying. Set a, set a mm-hmm. schedule for a family prayer, you know. Um, if you can't, if people are traveling or whatever and you can't do it every night, do it every other night. What, whatever the Lord will allow. Uh, but reading, you know, that our, our kids read more and more digitally and online as technologies, but to pick up a real book, a real and, book. And, you know, and read that. But I think here, the idea of excellence. So where might you go for, for a parent? I think a real takeaway is, you know, maybe their Catholic school is working on something or perhaps they're struggling with enrollment. To, but to go back to administration and say, can we start to become intentional about speaking about excellence in our school? And, and what does that look like and how are we going to pursue it? And, and then really leading students as you did with the reading restaurant in order to practice that patience. So for a family at home, I think you could even have a, a goal over summer of, you know, we're going to read and whatever it would be, you know, be appropriate for that child. But we're going to read two books this summer and we're going to have a certain time each day, but setting that end goal so that mm-hmm. there's some product of excellence. Do you all do anything with, is there a summer ask of, of the families in a particular way? Yes, we do. Um, last year, we put together almost... I don't know really how to explain it real well. It was, it was a grid, and the kids, there were different reading activities they could do throughout the summer and then turn that in, and they could show, like, maybe write about this main character of a book that you read okay. or read in the bathtub and share with us how you like doing that or, you know, go out camping one night and take a book with you. So sure. it was just different activities like that, and we're going to do that again this summer. Awesome. That yeah. might be a great response for a family not in our area then is mm-hmm. to see if your school has something like that. And to build on it so that you can set for your children, hey, you've got two months at home. Let's take those two months, or it could be three in some areas. So, but let's take that time period and let's set a goal that we're going to be, you know, a better version of ourselves, a more excellent person at the end of that. And seeing the patience that can develop from that really can unfold. And I would say to really, you know, one thing that, you know, it, it might be like real, really, really obvious thing to do, but, you know, to really continue to attend mass um, Amen. Mm-hmm. Every thank you, Mike. Yeah, yes, and and yeah. not not. I mean, certainly, you know, for, because you know, you should be attending mass uh, on the weekends. But um, but also, just the other the other fruits that come along with that are like you're um, you're still maintaining that community uh, because you know you go to you go to Sacred Heart. And on the weekends, it is like a school reunion. Uh, you <laughs> it know, is. Not only for fun. the kids, but for the, for the alumni. The alumni continued. Like you just continue. You don't have to pick that community back up and, and kind of get to know each other again in August because you've maintained you've been living. that community of faith the whole time. And um, also then, you know, you certainly get the the wisdom that is passed along from, uh, you know, in our case, it's Father Jonathan, but to to the families and to the, to the kids throughout the summertime, like they're still in kind of that, that, that environment where they are, where they're, where they're learning and they're, they're growing spiritually. And, um, 
And so just sticking, sticking with that throughout the summer. And if you're on vacation, like find, find the nearest Catholic church. I mean, Amen. Yeah. Google, Google maps is a great way to find one. I can, I can tell you, you know, we're, we're avid vacationers. And so finding our Lord uh, around the country. Right. 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 And just, and just seeing that experience and seeing what mass, what the mass looks like, you know, even though we do have this experience of, if you go to a Catholic church, you're going to, you know, there's, there's some universality to that, but like there's a lot that that can just be such a rich experience, I guess. And so not uh, shorting yourself on that. Amen. I, I, I love hearing your faith. Uh, Brendan and Mike, thank you so much. And and you actually jogged a memory for me that's been some years. And, you know, I never uh, thought to follow up on it. But it really, this is how the Holy Spirit works. You've, you've jogged this memory. So there was a family in Baltimore that I met that one of the practices that they, they did, uh, in particular for summer, mm-hmm. They asked their children. Now, this I think for them this kicked in more when their kids were say about second, third grade. So their their child had just received mm-hmm. first Holy Communion and and had maybe you know second, third, fourth, whatever it would be. But mm-hmm. their older children too then would keep uh, more or less a mass journal, and they actually had to write down something from the homily. Oh. And the family would let them do that, which I think is a practice that for ourselves as Catholics we could take. Matthew Kelly talks about that about oh, yes, you know journaling does. in the mass, and, and a lot of us don't bring something there. But but anyway, this family did do this. And and I don't think they ever talked to me about it as in terms of excellence, but so for a whole summer, and they may have made some daily masses along the way too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they went literally daily, but I, I believe they had a practice of going to an evening mass, perhaps on a, I think it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then your Sunday mass, right? Or Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, vigil. Yeah. But anyway, you, you have these months and then all of these reflections. And so what did the family learn from that is something they actually took into their prayer. And that actually is another way to pursue excellence. So thank you for the, yeah. the inspiration. You're giving me something I need to do for uh, for my summer ahead. So, well, uh, we thank our listeners. We always want to close in prayer. Uh, I really want to thank you, Mike and Brenda, for being with us, for, for modeling for us a commitment, your beautiful school, Sacred Heart has to excellence, how that's inviting your community to patience and seeing some incredible fruitfulness for new grades to come, and God willing, one day, some transport and some more attendance in, in one of our Catholic high schools in our nation. What a beautiful gift. So let's thank God for that. And let's close together in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we again thank you and praise you for your presence with us. We ask that for all of our listeners that you would bless us all with the gift of patience. May we pursue, as you would teach us, excellence in our vocations and all that we do. And we thank you, Lord, for the great gift of Catholic education and for sending us your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us for episode four of Spirit in the Schools. (laughs)